David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. Good morning, people. It is 9.22 a.m., December the 5th, 2018, and this is episode 46 of Bitcoin And, and there's like a whole bunch of stuff going on. But the first thing I want to uh, talk about is it seems that the attitude on crypto Twitter has changed quite a bit this morning. There is a lot of positive stuff going on, even in the midst of a 2% price drop in the in the uh, uh, price of Bitcoin. Um, I don't know. It's 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 weird. Yesterday was just yesterday and the day before was just like a wasteland. But today is very different. There's a lot of people. Uh, that have very positive sentiments. And we'll get into a a couple of those here in the morning roundup. So uh, first up in the morning roundup is um, Learn Crypto Values uh, made a tweet that says they have uh, uh, an article that they've linked to in that tweet. Bitcoin blockchain jobs openings are booming, hitting 18-month highs. So, wow, I mean... Let's read a couple of these. The findings, which initially uh, appeared in mid-October, coded an 18-month interval from April 2017 by April or August 2018. In that point, the variety of job openings related to each Bitcoin and blockchain grew nearly each month. Even Even because the Bitcoin worth started to fall after December final year, this is probably kind of a uh, not a very good translation, but the whole point is is uh, even with the price drop, uh, job openings are are hitting eighteen month highs. Wow, that's I don't know, <laughs> that's pretty good news. Okay, second up, uh, Fidelity Fidelity Investments, Nasdaq, and others invest twenty seven and a half million dollars in crypto exchange uh, ERISX. <laughs> And this is from Cointelegraph by Molly Jane Zuckerman. Uh, crypto exchange Ezrix has raised $27.5 million from Fidelity, NASDAQ Ventures, uh, among others, uh, among other investors uh, reporting by Reuters. NASDAQ is the world's second largest stock exchange, while United States investment firm Fidelity administers over $7.2 trillion in client assets. Assets, and we have heard we've heard Fidelity news before. So um, this is apparently one of the things that they're getting into. Uh, Ezrix will offer both spot trading in Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin, as well as future markets in the following year, pending regulatory approval. So this whole thing is just marching on, even in the face of the bear market. It's just it doesn't seem to matter because here we got another one from Crypto Sumer at Crypto Sumer. Uh, Overstock's Medici, let's see. Overstock's Medici invests 2.5 million in grain tech firms blockchain pivot. 
this is coming from CryptoSumer. It is by CryptoSumer. It's a story from yesterday. Overstock subsidiary Medici Ventures is investing in a software firm looking to store grain transactions on a blockchain. Okay, okay, all right. Well, be that as it may, <clears throat> let's let's soldier on here. Uh, the company announced Tuesday it was purchasing 2.5 million in equity stake in Grain Chain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, mm, that's kind of hard to stomach. A nearly six-year-old company which develops software tools to aid farmers and purchasers in the grain industry. Medici's purchase gives it a 10% ownership stake in the company with the option to purchase another 10% at a future date. While Grain Chain... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> originally developed Internet of Things... <laughs> sorry. Uh, let me try this again. While Grain Chain originally developed Internet of Things focused software, CEO Louis Messias told Grain Desk, Grain Desk, my God, this is just infuriating, told CoinDesk that the company began looking into utilizing a blockchain ledger about two years ago. Okay, well, you know, it is what it is. Grain on the, you know, it's it's grain on the blockchain. It's you know, uh, well, it's not exactly grain on the blockchain. It is, it, it seems to be focused around, you know, more of grain production aspects. Um, but still, it's, you know, just use a use a centralized database, guys. It's going to be a lot faster for you. you. You really don't need to, I don't need to know where my grain's coming from. I don't need to know how it's grown. Um, if And if you're doing it just to make sure that grain shipments go where they need to go, you can do that with the tools that you already have at your at your fingertips. So, uh, moving on up, this is a nice one: <clears throat> uh, teaching children about financial matters, etc. Worth a look, definitely. Now, that was my tweet, and I was uh, uh, tweeting out a uh, website, pigzbe.com, pigsbe.com, and their Twitter handle is at pigsbe, p-i-g-z-b-e. And they have a Kickstarter coming soon um, about a piggy bank for your kids that's not a piggy bank. Um, it's it's really interesting. It's a little it's a little handheld device. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, it's it's a little handheld device that you give to your kids, and you can kind of send. They have their own. It looks like they have their own little coin, like Woolby coin. I think is it's called. Um, and you can purchase it, I guess, with dollars and, um, and, and then send it to your kid's uh, Pigsby bank uh, for allowances and like, you know, especially like, I guess, if they, you know, lost a tooth in the tooth fairy or grandma wants to send them money. And then it links to an iPhone uh, app that they have that sort of teaches, has little games that uh, visualizes not only how much money they have, but uh, how much money they spend. Um, it sort of kind of gets the youngsters kind of used to being, you know, starting them on the path of being financially literate, which is pretty cool. So nobody's really seen it. I mean, there's a couple of videos that kind of show it, but it's sort of fluffy right now. Um, their Kickstarter isn't started yet, so I don't know if they have any kind of proof of concept unit or anything. Uh, they, clearly, they have some unit because it's in the video, but I, I don't think anybody's been able to get a hold of one. But still, I mean, it's you know, it's a start. Getting getting kids to be financially literate at an early age is is a pretty cool deal. On up, um, this one's not, in my opinion, is is not so cool. 
um, because it is, let me get, let me reset this page because I'm just going to read the abstract of this. Uh, it's a, not a white paper. It's a, it, it looks like it's, it looks like it's an academic paper, but the tweet is from Andrew Miller at Socrates 1024 thrilled to announce TX probe, the latest in Bitcoin P2P topology inference. The goal is to probe whether two reachable nodes are in fact connected directly to each other. Achieving this relies on several subtle insights about how transactions are relayed. Now here's the abstract of the actual paper, which is done out of um, uh, University in Barcelona, University of Illinois, uh, Universitat Rovera e Virgilia. I cannot pronounce that. And University of Maryland. Abstract. <clears throat> Bitcoin relies on a peer-to-peer overlay network to broadcast transactions and blocks. From the viewpoint of network measurement, we would like to observe this topology so we can characterize its performance, fairness, and robustness. However, this is difficult because Bitcoin is deliberately designed to hide its topology from onlookers. Knowledge of the topology is not in itself a vulnerability, although it could conceivably help an attacker perform targeted eclipse attacks or to de-anonymize transaction senders. In this paper, we present TX Probe, a novel technique for reconstructing the Bitcoin network topology. TX Probe makes use of peculiarities in how Bitcoin processes out of order or orphaned transactions. We conducted experiments on Bitcoin testnet that suggest our technique reconstructs topology with precision and recall surpassing 90%. We also used TX Probe to take a snapshot of the Bitcoin testnet in just a few hours. TX Probe may be useful for future measurement campaigns of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency networks. And the reason I don't like this is because they're, they, they, and they kind of say it themselves. Um, They're creating a tool that could conceivably help an attacker perform targeted eclipse attacks or de-anonymized transaction senders. So I'm not all thrilled about this, but it is on the horizon and uh, you guys should know about it. Again, all of this is in my curated Twitter feed, which is in the show notes. You can just, it, the link is there. You can link directly to what I'm talking about today. And that that's the one from Andrew Miller. Uh, not thrilled. <clears throat> I'm thrilled about this one. Uh, Ryan Selkis at 2BitIdiot says, we've added estimated algorithmic inflation to at on-chain FX. That's their, uh, on-chain FX is their Twitter handle for this particular thing I'm going to talk about. If you think Zcash's 48% inflation is high, wait until we show you the hidden inflation of pre-mined tokens coming soon, and it's why we need basic disclosures. Well, the reason I'm reporting on this is because I didn't know how cool the uh, um, Mazari.io uh, interface uh, is. If you haven't gone, you know, gotten to it, go to M-E-S-S-A-R-I.io and check out uh, check out the Mazari. Uh, the it's a way to look at. It's sort of like looking at Coin Market Cap, except it's got a whole lot more metrics. The interface is nice. You can uh, set yourself up to uh, just watch certain coins by turning on the, a watch icon at, which is next to each particular coin so instead of watching them all um, I can just like say I just want to see what the price of you know Bitcoin Ethereum Bcash Litecoin Dogecoin and Bitcoin Gold is and then just look at just those metrics and then you can sort by categories 
and by sectors and by asset size, trade volume, all-time high, and all kinds of uh, neat stuff. Anyway, <clears throat> internet is the uh, interface is pretty slick. Uh, uh, <laughs> Two-bit idiot and and his crew doing a really good job with this on-chain FX, and I think I'm going to be utilizing this uh, even more. So let's move up on the stack. Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> I got a tweet uh, that I did this morning or last night uh, about I'm retweeting or I'm uh, I'm I'm actually tweeting the uh, dash news dot org story about uh, Roger Ver speaking highly of dash and apparently <clears throat> he says of dash and this is Roger Ver talking to a couple of people over there at, at, at the dash uh, Corbin Frazier and Matt Toke um, and he said oh, what did he say exactly. Uh, Roger mentions how Dash's slogan is digital cash and discusses the overall project objective of Dash to be used in everyday transactions and he loves Dash and blah 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 and yeah, oh god you know it's like with the price of, of his project just falling off the face of the planet what I tweet out is that it looks like he's about to jump ship That and that's what I think I, I think he you know I I almost, I almost feel a Dan Larimer coming on here, and he's going to jump ship, and he's going to be like, I mean, if Dash picks him up as as a spokesperson for Dash, you know, <laughs> be on guard, people. Uh, moving on up the stack, Gab.ai gets payments, and um, so we had talked, or I had talked uh, not too long ago about the fact that uh, Gab had been. Um, delisted from all payment platforms and then got uh, basically deplatformed from all platform places. Uh, they finally got replatformed by a, a, a group who apparently, I don't know if they're in the United States or not. I, I figure probably not and they just don't really care. Um, and it doesn't matter what Gab says. I, I don't really care. I, I, I have a Gab account. Uh, I don't use it. Um, I just wanted to test it out. Uh, I've argued in the past that Gab is uh, because they were able to get so uh, they were able to get taken down within I don't know it seemed like to me like within 72 hours they not only lost all their pro uh, payment processors but they also lost like all their platform uh, people so uh, not decentralized and unless things have changed uh, and I don't think they have they're still not decentralized but that said uh, Coinbase and BitPay uh, had rejected them to uh, get into new payment uh, uh, systems. BitPay was about to take them on and then reneged on the deal. Coinbase uh, never took them on. But now they get uh, <clears throat> BCT Pay Server because BTC Pay Server is decentralized and therefore they don't, the people that built the thing don't really need to care. So Gab AI now has a, or or will soon have, if it's not already up, the ability you can donate through, uh, uh, once they get their BTC pay server up and running, you'll be able to donate to their uh, uh, platform um, with micropayments and, and such like that. So <clears throat> I'm really happy for uh, the fact that BTC pay server is, um, is already finding a fairly large, uh, fairly large outfit to start, um, servicing so that's that's good news and again doesn't matter what you think about gab that's not the point 
The point is they got deplatformed. They're uh, they're not decentralized like they said. Um, and here comes BTC Pay Server uh, to the rescue. Uh, next up in the stack is Matt. A tweet from Matt Odell at underscore or sorry at Matt underscore Odell O D E L L launched LND using Perry Richard's launcher, connected it to Jack Maller's Zap wallet to open two channels, connected it to at W B O B E I R N E. Uh, Jewel browser extension, then went to Lightning Koala's Satoshi Place and paid in two clicks. So, wow, Matt, man, that was that's pretty swift. I mean, what he's demonstrating is just how easy it is starting to get uh, uh, be the user experience is getting better and better and better at using uh, the Lightning system with all the stuff that's being built on top of uh, Bitcoin and, and uh, on top of uh, Lightning. Uh, the Jewel browser extension is getting a lot of traction in uh, crypto news. And if you have not looked at the Jewel browser extension, you got to see this thing. It's it's freaking amazing. Uh, it's go to on Twitter, go, go to at W-B-O-B-E-I-R-N-E and check out all the stuff that he's doing because uh, as far as I know, that's a one man show, sort of like Jack Mallers, just one guy, just kicking it man just totally totally kicking ass and taking names so next up in the stack is oh last up in the stack is a tweet from Perry uh, Richard Pierre yeah sorry Pierre Richard I don't know why I keep pronouncing his name wrong and he's kind of going uh, the same way a huge milestone you can now go from zero to jewel without using the command line once easiest Bitcoin lightning onboarding experience possible. And he gives a a link to his GitHub repository, which has node launcher 5.0. So go in and again, all this stuff is in my curated uh, uh, Twitter timeline. uh, So you can go right to uh, use that to get to uh, his GitHub uh, repository and take a look at it. Uh, It's pretty slick. The fact that you don't have to use the command line interface or otherwise known as the CLI, uh, is 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 bonus just bonus for user experience because God's command line interface stuff is just I mean if you're really good at this if you're really good at at you know and been in development for years it doesn't matter but for the majority of the people on the planet they're not developers and they don't really want to learn command line interface stuff so uh, <laughs> it's awesome that people like. Uh, Jack Mallers and Pierre Richard are out there uh, making the user experience better for all of us. And that's going to do it for your morning roundup. your morning roundup uh yeah it's it's ugly it's not all ugly uh but uh it's you know it is what it is price uh on average for bitcoin is three thousand eight hundred twenty-five. uh looks like uh who's gonna who's got the high who's got the high 
It looks like hit BTC has got the high at 3,974 and the low is going to be over at Bitstamp at 3,713. Uh, yeah, about, about a quarter of a million transactions the last 24 hours. Uh, 1.8 million Bitcoin have been sent for a god, for a total of $7 billion transacted over the last 24 hours. Holy crap. Average transaction value is 7 BTC and the median transaction is 0. Uh, 0.058 BTC for uh, about 220 bucks US. Block time is back to where it should be at 10 minutes 45 seconds. Uh, blocks in the last 24 hours is 133. Average blocks per hour is 6, which is the that's the target. Uh, looks like 0.2 BTC have been taken per block as a fee. Uh, 1,663 Bitcoins have been minted in the last 24 hours with 26, 20, sorry, 27 BTC taken in total fees. And here's where it gets interesting. We've had almost a 20% increase in hash rate over the last 24 hours, taking us from 32 exahashes per second damn near to the bottom side of 40 exahashes per second. That's about with 39.013 exahashes per second. Uh, last GitHub commit was today. <laughs> they, but they put a commit out every day almost. Uh, Bcaches is uh, still, their last one was on the on the 20th. So um, the average Bitcoin cash price is 143 bucks. Litecoin is 30. Ethereum Classic is Four dollars. Bitcoin gold is fifteen and a half. Dogecoin still holding steady at zero point zero zero two two USD, and that's going to do it for your morning roundup. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's going to do it for your vital statistics. Let's get bent with Marty's bent. <clears throat> this is his one for today, December 5th, 2018, issue number 373, Bitcoin fungibility and coin joins. And it starts out with the tweet from Alex Bosworth. If you understand UTXOs, you might know a feeling of anxiety sending funds. The receiver can trace back your funds and they'll see future spends too. Wasabi Wallet gives you a f- freeing feeling. You can send somebody coins when they look backwards. All they will see is the coin join. So Marty's bent on this is it's been a minute since we dove into something a bit more technical here at the bent. This is definitely a product of the fact that the editorial team at this here rag is not the most technically savvy team in this space, though I think today's subject should be an imperative focus of Bitcoiners the world over as I strongly believe fungibility will be the next big war we face as a nebulous movement of individuals running software to verify the rules of our money. For those of you freaks who may not be too well versed on the concept of fungibility, it is the property of a good or commodity that makes it so each unit of said good or commodity is seamlessly interchangeable. One unit of said good is indistinguishable from another unit of the good, e.g. $1 bills, unless you want to go full hardo and call out the serial numbers on the dollars that no one checks. 
Right now, Bitcoin's fungibility is not the best. Due to the nature of Bitcoin's UTXO-based accounting system, each UTXO is pretty unique, making them somewhat easily traceable on the blockchain throughout time using simple heuristics. If we expect Bitcoin to succeed in the long run, a large contingency of users, myself included, believe we will have to make it so BTC is completely fungible in the future. As with every decision associated with these distributed systems, there are inherent trade-offs to take into consideration. While searching for the most optimal path forward in regards to making Bitcoins more fungible, we must lay out the options and weigh the trade-offs. At the moment, in my mind at least, there are two distinct paths which we can venture down to achieve the goal of fungibility. Iterate at the wallet UX level with things like CoinJoin, as Wasabi Wallet is doing, or implement something at the protocol layer that makes the UTXO set inherently fungible. When it comes to trade-offs, attempting to achieve fungibility at the wallet level via coin joins comes with the burden of increased fees, though these fees could be greatly reduced in the future if Schnorr signatures are adopted by the Bitcoin network. If we decide to attempt to achieve fungibility at the protocol level via an upgrade, there comes a risk that we may not be able to verify that there hasn't been an inflation bug that has resulted in the mining of more Bitcoins than has been agreed upon. Some people think there are certain things we could add to the protocol layer that would allow us to verify total supply when needed, but the likelihood of implementing these solutions seems to be low at the moment from what I can glean. What trade-off do we make as users? Do we take the burden of pricier transactions to ensure the supply cap is respected, or do we enable complete fungibility at the protocol level, potentially taking away the ability to confirm the supply at any given point in time? These are tough questions we should be asking ourselves right now. While I'm sure there may be some fudge details above, I think it's more important to get this ball rolling ASAP. So please correct me if you caught any inaccuracies. What do you freaks think? Should we proceed? How should we proceed? Is fungibility really that imperative? Final thought. When I was a kid, my babysitter forced us to eat soft pretzels with mayo. I often wonder what an insane asylum she's living in now. (laughs) Soft pretzels and mayo. That's disgusting. God, man, my heart goes out to you, dude. Um, I'll give my two cents on this, even though it's probably going to be wrong. Um, I'm going to go with fungibility at the second level. Um, That way we can be assured that the 21 million cap is always respected and that everybody can see that. Plus, it also gives the ability for people who who might want to make sure that their transactions are open and transparent – at the protocol level are indeed open and transparent. And for those of us who would rather not uh, be all that transparent for whatever reason we don't want to, and there's many reasons that are not illegal that you would not want to be transparent. For instance, if I, so if somebody knows my wallet, Bitcoin wallet address, or or one of the ones that I, that I might be using, um, and I re- am running a business, they might be able to find out that I am able to purchase the same goods and services that they are purchasing at a ten percent discount, which could cause major, which could cause issues. In either event, um, my vote is for fungibility on level two and above. Uh, that's that's all I got to say about that. Anyway, uh, thanks, Marty, for uh, letting me read your Marty's Bent. You can find Marty Bent over at Marty Bent on Twitter, and we will get to another Marty's Bent when Marty Bent writes another Marty's Bent. And that'll do it for Marty's Bent. Get Bent.
train wrecked. Uh, we got two. I, I had to put two up here because there's train wrecks all over the place today. Um, so the first one is going to be brought to you by uh, BTC King 555. Find him at at BTC King 555 on Twitter. Um, he has, or she, or whoever it is, um, has popped up over the last few months with insider information about things such as Bitmain, generally just stuff such like insider information as Bitmain, um, has leaked information in the past. Um, take it, I don't know, I kind of take it with a grain of salt because from what I understand, uh, BTC King 555 at one point or another circulated a picture of somebody dumping uh, S9 or S7 miners outside of a uh, uh, some nondescript warehouse saying that Bitmain was having to dump all their miners and I, you know it turns out or, or there's credible there's credible information that says that that picture was actually from the floods that happened in China earlier this year or late last year, I can't remember, but apparently a bunch of mining operations got flooded out. And I just can't understand why somebody would take the time to pull the miners instead of just switching them off. It just seems like a lot more labor to try to disconnect them and then dump them outside. I mean, the only reason you would dump machinery outside like that is if they were ruined. But if, you know, if the new uh, information is to be believed, BTC King 555 in three tweets says the following. We got leak of Bitmain Q3 numbers. Complete disaster. The company lost $740 million, including losses on inventory and Bitcoin cash. And this is not accounting for hash war costs. Approached by an investor desperate to liquidate Bitmain shares at $1.5 billion valuation. That's almost 90% down from August. With massive losses, Bitmain has no resources to support BCH. Illiquid BCH falls further, hitting Bitmain balance sheet. Suppliers cut off credit lines and buyers wary to purchase equipment. IPO canceled. Only solution? Significant down road and VCs take over. Interesting to see. Ooh, man, I mean, if any, if that's true, I mean, you know, BTC King has been correct, you know, in the past. Um, that's not good for Bitmain at all. No, I mean, not at all. That that could be, you know, talk about a death spiral. My God almighty. Um, the, second, the second daily train wreck is brought to you by Trevon James of, of BitConnect fame. Uh, if you don't know who Bitcoin Trey is, go check him out at... B-I-T-C-O-I-N-T-R-E over on Twitter. Um, And you might want to Google his name, Trayvon James, and then include in that Google search BitConnect. And uh, you'll find out that he was one of the guys that was uh, pumping the living crap out of that pile of garbage. But uh, so Trayvon James tweets out today, December 5th, chilling at the SEC offices, ready for my chat. He must be a real special guy to be able to be at uh, an office of the federal government today, which is a day of mourning for for George H.W. Bush. Um, so all federal offices are closed. 
All banks are closed. All the exchanges are closed, except for, of course, for Bitcoin. Bitcoin marches on. So Trayvon must be a very, very, very important cat. Very important cat for them to open up a whole damn federal building so that he can give his interview. Personally, I think Trayvon's full of shit. And that'll do it for your daily train wreck. it's time for terrible joke corner people don't like having to bend over to get their drinks we really need to raise the bar get it bar raise the whatever this is a really bad bad joke i mean it's like a bad terrible joke i mean they're i love terrible jokes a really solid terrible joke is is in my opinion what the a pinnacle of wit. This isn't it. But I had to find something somewhere. So that's your terrible joke corner for today. it ladies and gentlemen boys and girls i am out uh really sorry this came out this late uh had at&t over here um and to discover that the reason we were having such massive problems on our internet was the fact that um the uh installer decided not to run cat 5 cable like new cable uh to do the service he instead used the old four-wire, dual-twisted-pair phone line that you find, like, in really older homes, which I live in an older home. Anyway, so they pulled new Cat5 cable, so uh, I was able to uh, uh, continue on doing stuff, but uh, had to take a brief trip to, uh, to the city to go pick out furniture for my kids for Christmas because they're... Uh, uh, they are getting new furniture for Christmas, which is really cool. Anyway, uh... Basically, I just got back. It is now 2.30 p.m., so uh, things got totally out of whack. Uh, I'll get this up and out as soon as I can, and we'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.